0: You're now tuned into VC Cheat Sheet, the podcast that gives entrepreneurs straight to the point information and behind the scenes access on raising money. Brought to you by the Center for Urban Entrepreneurship and Economic Development at Rutgers University.
1: You're listening to VC Cheat Sheet, and I'm your host, Melissa S. Jackson. If this is your first time listening, then thank you for tuning in. And if not, thanks for coming back. The goal of the podcast is to help Black and Latino-led startups gain insight into the world of venture and private capital through mentorship and advice. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at the queue that's T-H-E-C-U-E-E-D. All the links are provided in the show notes at bccheatcheat.com. Now let's get into the show. In the game of fundraising, the first impression is usually the only one you will get. Kai Bond is an investor at Comcast Ventures and manages the Catalyst Fund, a $20 million fund focused on investing in early-stage tech startups led by minority entrepreneurs. We travel to Comcast to personally learn the art of connecting, emailing, and networking with investors. This is the episode you don't want to miss.
0: Listen in. About yourself. So, uh, my name is Kai Bond. Uh, I'm a venture capitalist working at Comcast Ventures. Um, I have two roles inside of the organization. Uh, one of them is to manage the Catalyst Fund. It's a $20 million fund. It's dedicated to African-American and Latino founders. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done 77 investments, check size between $50,000 and $500,000. Um, we're active. Uh, we will continue to place money in founders. We're sector agnostic, so B2B, direct-to-consumer, uh, whatever it may be, those are um, ventures I'm interested in learning about, that I'm interested in supporting. And then I also work out of Comcast main fund. I do seed investing in that fund, primarily focused on frontier technology. So VR and AR, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and enterprise IOT and smart city technology. So a very narrow focus on things that are clearly seven to 10 years down from possible really big traction in the market.
1: Okay, so I wanna jump right into it. Talk to me about uh, what the profiles of the companies that your venture looks to invest in what do they look like are they at the idea stage do they have a certain amount of users what does that look like
0: so typically from a seed investment standpoint we look for companies with some market traction so market traction means a lot of different things mm-hmm. but we are not focused on just an entrepreneur with a great idea uh, there are accelerator programs Uh, We work very closely with 500 startups, with tech stars, with Y Combinators of the world to identify they're looking for somebody who's come in and says, I need $100,000. I have a great idea. In the next few months, I'm going to build it and figure out some product market fit. Mm-hmm. We come in slightly after that with a larger check size to help them scale to the next level. So typically, uh, if you are a consumer business, we would look for what is your daily active usage look like? What are your cohort structures look like? What is engagement increasing? Time on the site. Uh, What's your, you know, user growth look like? You know, we look for some of those KPIs and metrics that are important to sustainability and the success of the business. And then if you're an enterprise client, we don't necessarily look for a lot of revenue, but we would look for uh, a referenceable client, right? We know who you're selling into, Mm -hmm. what they're willing to pay for that solution, (laughs) the value it's delivered to their organization. And then we come in and sort of say, okay, you have one or two of those clients. How do we get to 20? How do we get to 50? How do we scale this to the next level? So we want a team, uh, typically, you know, a founder who has subject matter expertise in a particular field, an engineer who has, you know, the relevant background to actually build and scale a business, and then either a salesperson or a growth hacker or someone who's actually focused exclusively on building the business, and if that's direct-to-consumer versus enterprise, that's a different role, but typically growth engineering products.
1: Now, you know, you were a former, in your past life, you were a founder yourself. That's right. Right? So you know the the struggle from going from bootstrapping all the way up to what you're doing now. So, you know, talk to me about a founder of color in particular who has a really great idea or they think they have a really great idea. Mm -hmm. Where should they start? Should they start looking for venture capital? What type of resources are available to
0: them? Right. So I think, you know, there was a a day and age when... You know, mainframe computing and you know uh, expensive hardware to get up and running, right? And the cost and the barrier to entry for venture capital was an idea because you actually needed money right away to start doing things. So typically, my advice is, you have the ability to do wire, wireframing, and prototyping and building out sites, right? You know, I look for founders who are not necessarily highly gifted engineers, but are technically proficient in the fact that they can put something together and actually walk through ideation and concepts. And so, you know, proving product market fit doesn't mean having a product live in market, right? It means that I've talked to 200 customers, right? I've seen companies out there who I followed for a year before I invested, who were pre-selling. They were going out and identifying their, their buyer and they actually, after six months of talking to people said, who we thought was going to buy our product is actually not who's going to buy our product. There right. is another constituent in that inside that organization that is the person that has the revenue for this. And, this oh, the is. price point is half of what it was, but they can make a decision twice as fast. And they've right. actually been successful. And so I always say you can start pre-selling and you can start vetting the idea at the same time you're actually engineering and, and, and doing that. But I think what's important when you look at the, the landscape of building a business early on, you have product market fit, identifying who's going to be there to actually use your product. You have the actual engineering initiative and product build out itself. And then you have what I would call pre-fundraising, right? Which is who are the VCs that are interested in this, right? Who has made investments in this vertical before? Key. Who are they tracking? Um, what are the holes in their portfolio? Who's made competitive investments that have done well, right? Because you know, VCs have a lot of FOMO, right? Like they don't want to be the person on the sideline who saw a deal and it passed them by. And so you might see people and, and, and identify organizations, you know, listen to an entrepreneur's podcast. Oh, we pitched 50 VCs. We talked to Fund X and they passed for this reason. Well, they might actually be in play now, right? Because right. they've seen this go on and they don't want to, they, they took the meeting and they they clearly did the diligence on it, but they passed. And for what reason? And so I find one of the things that I find, but... <laughs> You know, most disappointing when I meet with founders early on is that there's so much information about venture firms out there. There are S one filings for when companies go public. There are you know uh, websites that show everything that they've ever invested in.
1: What are those specific places that they can go online to find these resources? Right. So
0: Crunchbase, right? You can go on Crunchbase. A Crunchbase. You can okay. find a, um, CB Insights. Um, I think Venture Beat now has a, a, a profile of companies. You can go up and look at the company, who they've received funding from, who all the competitors. Are right, and this information is widely available, but you can literally go out and f- figure out okay, I'm in New York City, I'm gonna go and find the top 100 venture firms in the city. Mm-hmm. Right, there's a list put out every single year, go and look through that list, look through your portfolios. You're talking about days worth of work, right? Not not weeks worth of work, um, and identifying who those firms are at a top level finding who the, the individuals are on the teams, right? On our website, on the Comcast Ventures side, on the Catalyst Ventures site, you can go and look at each partner, right? <laughs> every single investment you that did. they've made, right? <laughs> and point to that individual and go, oh, they like marketplaces. That's the FinTech person. That's the person who does virtual reality. And so you're not just saying, oh, I want an, an introduction to, um, you know, partner X at fund Y because they did investments in A, B, and C companies. And at that point in time, at least when I get that inbound, they go, oh, I saw what you did. Oh, okay, this is relevant to your portfolio because of my focus on this particular sector of the market. You would be a great fit. I'd love to get your perspective. I'd love to give you my perspective. I'd love to learn from you. Oh, by the way, I'd like to educate you. You know, I deal in a currency of knowledge, Mm -hmm. right? And the more founders I can talk to who are incredibly knowledgeable, who have a perspective on the space, who have an opinion of why their solution is better than the rest of the market, that may be antithetical to what I approach the market. But I'm still gonna take that meeting because I wanna know and I wanna have an intellectual debate with that individual on why they believe their take on the market is correct. And I'll take that meeting. And it may be the complete polar opposite of what my investment philosophy has been. But if they're able to email me and say, I understand that you think of the market this way. I have a different approach. You know, this is why I think it's the blind spot in the market. I'm taking that meeting <laughs> yeah. because they've done their research on me and their homework and they're ready. They really believe in that. And that's only going to add to my perception of my existing hypothesis. Right. Or it's going to poke a hole in it. And I'm like, oh, I, I I need to actually diversify my portfolio.
1: Right. And it shows value too, right? right? That it, it covers a blind spot that you possibly didn't know. Right.
0: Which is still key. It's valuable. Okay, and so, so I think doing research... About funds, about partners, about their investments is the number one area that makes it easy for me to accept the cold email. Right. Because right. it's not a
1: good strategy to email every VC you know in New York City on the East Coast. We
0: see we see that all the time and it becomes a joke. People forward it around and I'm like, I got the exact same template. Really? People send the exact same email and they say dear name, and then it'll be three paragraphs of the exact same text. Okay. And they'll send it to me. So a real customized approach, knowing who I'm talking to right. is, is is key. It's that, you know, I want them to know I and mean, look, obviously a warm introduction to someone is the best way, right? But outside of that, follow my blog, follow my Twitter feed, right? What's a
1: good Understand way to get a what's a good way to get a warm introduction? I mean, are there are there kind of vessels for that that founders can go through? So it's not a direct connection to Kai Bond, but it's right someone in your entourage.
0: Right, so um, I think there are different ways to do it, right? Um, LinkedIn is still an incredibly powerful resource for that, right? I I tell people all the time, um, hey, you're a little bit early for me. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, If there's an individual you come across at a venture fund Mm -hmm. who you think fits the characteristics and criteria we just spoke about, and you see that I'm connected with them on LinkedIn, send me a blurb, send me your one-pager, send me your deck, And I will send it on to that venture capitalist and say, hey, I know you're investing in marketplaces and this marketplace seems like a great fit. Given your past three investments, would you be willing to talk to this entrepreneur? I'm currently not placing money in this area. And they'll say, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to chat with them and I'll send it on. Right. And hopefully for me, that just means, hey, that entrepreneur is going to say, you know what, Kai was super valuable. He helped me out when he didn't really need to. And he gave me feedback. He took that 30-minute call to learn about what I was doing and pre-qualified me for an intro. I'm going to send him my deal flow, right? And everybody wants to find unique, off-the-beaten-path deals because those are the ones you lead. Those are the ones that um, are, are hidden gems. When and you everybody say unique, wants to find that. Do you mean
1: unique in the terms of the product itself, unique
0: in the people? Like Unique in the sense that it is not... Uh, A hype deal right like i look at um venture capital similar to what a and r's were music labels right like Mm -hmm. you may find somebody who has one track that's amazing but they've got a look right they've got a time in a genre of music that that's a gap right And, and a lot of what we do is is honestly is talent scouting right it's it's Who is an individual we believe in who can take this vision to the next level? And so it needs to be the whole package. I look for a founder. I look for a vertical in an area and a space. And I look for, you know, what would be an undervalued deal that 19 other people aren't trying to compete with me on. Right. Mm -hmm. And outbid me on a deal. Uh, And that would be the idea.
1: All right. So let's get into a little bit of etiquette. So assuming that Mm -hmm. you're the one, you're the one that people want to talk to. Yes. You know, what's the best way to have that cold call with, with a VC or that cold introduction,
0: cold introduction. So do your research, send me an email, Okay. uh, you know, um, why am I a fit given my history, you know, my, my investment philosophy, what you know about me, um, and positioning yourself as the leader in the space, right? So, know something about me <laughs> and educate me on why you are the person, right? Right. Um, I spent nine years, I just talked to a founder before we got in here. She worked at a hospital um, in the pharmaceutical space, and she ran the pharmacy in a 2, 2,500 bed hospital in New York. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee you she knows more about that subject than anybody who had a SaaS company who was like, I want to figure out a solution for hospitals. And they're going to go in and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of entrepreneurs back into an idea. They say, oh, well, there's a gap in the market. There should be an app for X. There should be a service for Y. Well, she came in and was like, I know this is a problem. The hospital I was working for lost $20 million a year there needs to be a better software solution for this. And if we were seeing it, I guarantee you there are bigger hospitals out there that are seeing it. And so why are you the person, your particular subject matter expertise? Why is your team uniquely situated to win, right? I have an engineer who had created HIPAA compliant solutions um, that understood hospital software. And oh, by the way, I have a salesperson who has the deepest Rolodex and the hospital sales system and has successfully sold over $100 million, right, into hospital systems. Um, That's a team that I know can deliver on the value proposition that she has. Um, And so, and then the last one is, you know, I'm still trying to learn, right? At the end of the day, the more knowledge I have, the better investments I'm gonna make. And so positioning it as, I would like to have a dialogue around this, right? Mm We may not be directly in your investment wheelhouse. I have 30 minutes, you tell me the time that works to come in and, and help educate you on this solution, what your perspective is on hospital and, and, and um, you know, software that's focused on the, the healthcare ecosystem and we'll take it from there, right? And that gets me, you know, I, I'll do 15 minute to 30 minute calls all the time.
1: But do you want all that information in an email? No (laughs) I mean So at what point Does that come out Because you know
0: This is the screen It needs to fit on Right Okay right. So on
1: on your iPhone Just that Two sentences I've seen you've
0: invested In X, Y, and Z Right we have a solution in the spaces that you're investing in. My team is uniquely suited because, I mean, it needs to be five or six sentences, right? I'm dealing with hundreds of emails a week.
1: That was my next question. Like, yeah. How many people email you in a, in a given week?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, hundreds. Okay. Right? But if I can get through it on this and go, yup, that makes sense. That concise nature of an email to get me bought in is going to be key.
1: So sending your deck, is that a go or is that a no?
0: I mean, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I have an appetite for knowledge, so I will certainly read through it, but a clean one pager is always the best, right? Like I think in one page, I, I, you know, I used to do this when I was a founder, I would send one pagers out and I would send the teaser email and I would have everything about my company, the Euros founded, the type of corporation it is, our mission statement, the links to the LinkedIn bios, right? I can take a look through that sheet and learn everything about your business that I need to know. And I'm not going to flip through a long deck on my phone. Right. And um, if I'm at my desk flipping through that, that's great. But I would expect that to be something that we would go through in that first meeting as a structure a DAO and a meeting.
1: OK. All right. So that sounds good. So now you particularly work with black and Latino founders. Mm-hmm. What would you say would be some of the uh, shortfalls that you've seen founders of color specifically make when it comes to reaching out to vcs because you know i know people even come to me knowing that i'm talking to vcs and be like yo can you put this this card or you know my my business in front of people so how do you well well, before i even go there what would be your top two or three things you think founders of color need to really
0: not do yeah so i you know common pitfalls and i think So part of this is uniquely race, ethnicity driven, given the ecosystem. And I'll talk about that. And some of it is just new founders. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I see oftentimes is um, a lot of people who raise friends and family money. You know, I get on the seed side just for New York deals. Mm -hmm. I raised $250,000 from my father works at an investment bank and his friends look at this space. And so I raised $200,000 already and I've gotten that. And I think what's unique about a lot of African-American founders is the friends and family money doesn't exist. That quarter million is not available to you. Mm -hmm. So understanding where you are with traction, right? Um, Yeah, I'm a seed fund, but I'm not a pre-seed fund, right? Mm -hmm. Charles Hudson, at Precursor Ventures, he's willing to take a team that has subject matter expertise and put $100,000 in. That's not my MO. Right and half of his, right, <laughs> half of his uh, fund is dedicated to African American, Latino and female founders. And so, okay, now he's the person you should be going to first, right? In right. and, and terms of who you're going to raise from. And so, again, it comes down to this, like, why am I a fit? Yes, I invest in African American and Latino founders a lot of time people email me, they don't understand that I don't do A or B, right? Later stage. They don't understand. And that information is on the first page of my website, right? Right. Um, It's on my LinkedIn profile, right? And that's just, that's 30 seconds. That's just lazy, right? And when I see somebody who's coming in and cold emailing me, it's very clear that they saw this listed on, you know, uh, a website with here are the 10 funds for African American and Latino founders where we should go, right? Right. just do your homework right? That's that's one that's just a no brainer, and so I'm I always discount that. I'm like, do some research, why yeah. am I the right thing? Um, so so friends and family kind of aspect of it, understanding the stage that I'm in um, is going to be key and, and where, where I've done investments. You can look at the portfolio. You can see we've done a lot of direct to consumer. You've seen we've done SaaS, haven't done a lot of healthcare, right? Mm-hmm. Haven't done any biotech. Um, and I get people emailing me and, you know, um, that's, that's a challenge for
1: me. Does it work against you to shoot your shot, though? So if, you know, if I if I have a, a medical device company and mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I just feel like Comcast Ventures
0: needs to invest in this, mm-hmm. does it work against me to reach out to you? It doesn't work against me. It doesn't work, work against the founder to reach out, right? Okay. Um, you know, what would be poor form is, you know, emailing every partner, you know, understanding okay. like what my email address is, right? people get, and they're like, oh, okay, I know the structure. I'm sure every single person in your entire organization has the same one. And then they start spamming people, right? And it's like, that's not going to get trust and confidence built up inside of an organization. Okay. Um, so I think, does that answer the question? Yeah, definitely. Okay.
1: Because, you know, my, my, my thoughts in asking that is, what are some of the things that you've seen, mm-hmm. whether it be here or in your previous ventures, that were just it, kill, it killed somebody's potential for getting in the door.
0: Right, um, and and look, I think the uh, the reality is, you know, I will have this all the time. People are uh, will say, you know, I have a twenty million dollars fund, right? I'm going to do two to three million dollars of investments this year. I see over eight hundred deals. I'm going to do two hundred and fifty to five hundred thousand dollars checks. That means I'm going to invest in four to eight companies. That's one percent of the deals that I see. Mm -hmm. And so I think what people need to recognize is that just because you're African-American and Latino, it doesn't mean that you are going to be able to raise money from Catalyst Fund. I'm still looking for the best deals, right? Like, I think we all understand now that entrepreneurship inside of the African-American and Latino community is huge. It just hasn't been given its showcase in the the profile, you know, sort of exit and high profile company that people can hang a hat on, right? Like, you see New York. When did New York become really big in the angel ecosystem? Google went public. All the people that were there were in software and, and development, and all of a sudden you had all these angel investors coming out. You know, you see it regionally, You see the Groupon folks in Chicago opening up venture funds and a lot of money flowing through that ecosystem. Austin, right? You see these pockets. Seattle had it. Um, I think what becomes really interesting is when do you have the billion-dollar exit by an African-American and Latino founder?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: When do you have a flood of money going into an ecosystem, Um, whether that's geographically focused or demographically focused? that really starts to open up those doors in a different way. And that's a moment in time that we haven't had yet.
1: Have you ever had a company, particularly of color, come to you and, and want you to sign an NDA? And what are your thoughts on that whole idea of
0: protecting uh, my patents no. or protecting my idea? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty much a non-starter um, for almost any venture capitalist. You know, the process of... If I had to do an NDA for all 800 companies, I'd probably only meet with 250 by the time it got through legal and the clauses and non-competes and all the things that people stick in. So, you know, I think uh, what venture capitalists will see is the ability to execute uh, on a particular business, right? Can you actually execute? I've seen six businesses that are trying to tackle the exact same problem. I don't share any of that information across any of the businesses. Oh, this person's doing this in revenue and this company said that this is their approach to the market and this is why they're winning. But I'll ask the questions and I'll, and I'll inform my opinion around investment based on what I've seen in the market and who's driving success based on a business model or a particular type of IP or their sales strategy, um, pricing model. But I would, be, I would lose all credibility
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the ecosystem, if I started sharing that information, no one would come to me because they would know, oh, which guy I pitched my idea, he fed it to a competitor, and then invested in my competitor. No one would be willing to take be that leak. risk, right? <laughs> so, I, yeah, exactly. Right. I'd, I'd be somebody who no one would take money from. Uh, right. And so, I think what, what people need to realize is, uh, it's not about you know protecting your IP. Right. It's about executing on your vision. And that is the thing that is most valuable uh, in winning out in, in the competitive space. Um, you know, no idea is really truly that original. There are one of those a year, one or two of those a year. And those usually end up becoming multi-billion dollar companies for a reason. That's why you don't see so many.
1: Mm-hmm. What are some things that I just shouldn't say coming to you as a as a company should i not tell you i'm the you know the uber for <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> podcast or you know the uber of this because i hear a lot of people say you know my company is worth 500 million dollars yeah. and they don't even have anything in beta so yeah, you know I, what
0: are some things to avoid market size is one of those things that i always have trouble with, with people are like you know the total market for this is $98 billion. And I'm like, yes, that's true. Online video is enormous. But you're focusing on computer vision for advertising with an online video, you know, for user-generated content. So what's that real total addressable market, right? Like, So it's fine if it's a... four billion out of the 98, that's okay. That's still a huge market to go after. Uh, but when people make wild claims around market size and don't really uh, substantiate where they fit in, that's always a warning sign, right? I think when people start, when they, because then you're like, what else are they embellishing, right? Do, do they really have those contracts? Mm-hmm. Are they, and then you start doing, all right, well, this is a proof of concept. It's a beta launch. We're not generating revenue, um, you know? And so I think you wanna be brutally honest, right? At the end of the day, If I'm going to invest in someone, I understand it's probably going to be a seven year thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sit on your board. We're going to have calls all the time. I have to make introductions to my personal network. It's a huge relationship, right? And so, and I think, you know, and it's a relationship and it's pattern matching. You know, people tell me, they're like, oh, well, You know, if I were white and I went to Stanford and I had an electrical engineering degree, like it would be real easy for me to make money. And I'm like, well, yeah, there's a reason why, you know, because there have been hundreds of companies that have been successful and have come out of Stanford out of that same mold. And people are looking at a track record. I worked at Microsoft Mm -hmm. and we used to recruit heavily from Tuskegee. We used to recruit from um, Georgia Tech. Right? And these are phenomenal engineering programs. And they had realized, okay, we just want the best engineers to come here. right? And it wasn't even a focused diversity initiative a lot of times. We had a Blacks at Microsoft network that was just an internal network of people that would go down and recruit from their schools because they wanted alumni to come and work with them. And they wanted a team and a community in Seattle, which is a fairly white bread Culture and they wanted people there. It wasn't that it was Microsoft corporate diversity initiative pulling people out of out of Tuskegee, right? Um, And so when I think about you know how do you attract talent? How do you bring in you know the individuals who are going to add the most value from like a catalyst fund perspective and and from a growth stage perspective? I'm looking for talent, right? And I'm looking for you know my father went to Rutgers, right? And I'm looking for. Who, who's the valedictorian at, at, at not an Ivy League school who's probably fought and hustled and scrapped to get their way to the top? Because those are personalities and traits of successful entrepreneurs that can't be taught. The sweat equity that they right. put into their idea. That's right. You know, the- because,
1: I mean, the reality is there are a significant amount of Black and Latino founders who don't have that Harvard degree, mm-hmm. that Stanford degree. So is there a pattern for success, particularly because your fund focuses on Black and, Black and Latino ventures? Yep. Is there a pattern? Is there a commonality between these companies, these founders?
0: I think every founder is unique. Uh, every founder is completely different. Some have come out of Consulting come some have come out of legal, some have come out of finance, um, some are straight out of school, some are Y Combinator companies, some are repeat founders who just actually ran a good business that wasn't a venture funded business, right? They were like, oh yeah, I owned a company, it was profitable, I didn't have any equity, it was just mine, right? I had a small business loan and I grew that thing to a profitable business, and so you know the traits that that I look for again, subject matter expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, Ability to to surround themselves with a team, understand their role and the expertise and and, and really what is their team that they need to be successful. Um, A certain amount of coachability, right? Like um, I think there's an important aspect of people knowing I'm not gonna be perfect at everything. This is my vision, this is my company I wanna drive forward, but at the end of the day, um, I'm here to learn. I need to surround myself with other people who can help me learn. Um, Tenacity. Right, a relentlessness um, to go out and pursue and push against the norm to combat what the assumptions are. But again, that ability to listen mm-hmm. right, to other people who've seen patterns in the spaces before and say, you know what, when we've seen this in another industry, you might want to move in a different direction. Here are the things to consider, right? Um, and so th- somebody who really does listen right, um, is, is important.
1: Perfect. So I want to round out the interview. I think we got a lot of gems, but what do you think would be, or what would you say would be the one takeaway you'd like people to take from this conversation or anything that we didn't cover? We didn't right. talk about when it comes to communicating to VCs.
0: Yeah, you know, um, it's a relationship driven business. Um, you know, the network of passing deals along to individuals, to other founders who can make introductions. Um, so, If you want to get in front of a venture capitalist, there are tons of ways to make that happen. You need to pick the best tool in your arsenal (laughs) right, to get in front of that person. And maybe it's looking at the portfolio and finding the CEO who I have invested in, befriending that individual, adding value to them. Hey, we have a networking event. We'd love to feature you as a speaker, you know, as a panelist, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Okay, great. Oh, I'm glad to see you. I saw that you got funding from this individual. I'd love to talk to them, but maybe I need to sit down with you, right? Getting an introduction to the right person can take two to three weeks, right? It is a process. Which is why you said LinkedIn was a good tool because you can see how many degrees of connection
1: you have. Who's that common
0: connection? How well are they connected, right? That trust. Sometimes I'll get a connection to someone and I'll be like, I've never invested in them. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm a good friend, I help them, I they're lead engineer, I help source. Um, so continue to add value. You know, people who are who have funds, fund structures can be 10 years. If they're investing across multiple years, you're talking about, you know, dozen years, right? 12, 20 years in some cases. Um, so you shouldn't
1: just be looking at this short-term, it's right? It's not like a
0: short-term 12 game. months.
1: I just need to cover my
0: expenses for the next 12 to 24 months. It should be a Look, long-term conversation. I came in. My first company I started was in 2007 called Switch Games, and it was a video game trading company. Comcast Ventures invests in marketplaces. I came and talked to them. They were like, not enough traction, would love to stay in touch. You know, I came back, pitched another company three years later, and they were rightful, like they, the, the, all the things that they warned me about, liquidity of the marketplace, speed to make a transaction, all these, they were right. I came back and I was like, hey, it was good. You gave me that advice. You were probably right to pass. I've got a new company now. Oh, we've already made a big bet in the space. It's probably a little competitive. I went, found another investor who was willing to make that bet. This is now we're talking about six years later. Uh, that company wound down again, right? Like the second time. Damn, like back to the drawing board. Uh, third company, smart TV space, obviously Comcast owning you know a lot of assets in the smart TV ecosystem, set-top box, X1, um, connections into the home, um, was closer, but ended up, instead of raising an A round and coming in and trying to get them to back an A round, exited the company. This is now 11 years later, they hired me to come on as part of their team and actually do investments. They've never invested in any one of my individual businesses. They followed my journey through that path. And I've seen this time and time again, and we've invested in businesses where we haven't invested in business, but we love the founder, and they've come back after three or five years and we found the right timing for it. So it's a long game. If you are an entrepreneur, more likely than not, you're probably an entrepreneur for life, like for better or for worse. It's a career path you've chosen for a reason. Married to the game. (laughs) Right? And so you are going to continue down that path for a really long period. And so don't try to be short-sighted. Just try to get in front of someone. Build that relationship. Figure out what they're doing. How you can add value. Take their feedback. Be helpful. Send them deals that they want because they're trying to look for stuff. And so those relationships are long. And, you know, be mindful of their time. Be mindful of how you can withdraw value from them and extract value, and how you can contribute value back. And if you have that, you're on track for a really good set of relationships. And over time, it'll probably be five people that you end up getting funding from.
1: So, real quick, what are some good follow up strategies that you've seen
0: uh, ventures kind of
1: come back around, circle back around maybe six
0: months later? When people leave a meeting with me and they say, okay, we're too early, what would you like to see in this business? Okay. X amount of revenue and number of customers, referenceable clients, understanding of your business model. Okay, great. They come back to me a few months later, hey, we've executed on this. Look at what the data partners we have are, look at what we have doing. This is the, the engineer that we've hired to you know, actually increase our um, machine learning algorithms and improve upon our matching. Okay, great. And they roll through a series of things and I come through and I'm like, I'm more likely to invest in them because I know that they've shown me demonstrable progress over a finite period of time, quarter over quarter. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to want to see when I'm a board member. <laughs> I'm going to come into my quarterly board meeting and say, so where are we now? And I want to know that the same conversation we had over the last six to nine months of you keeping me updated on the progress you made, now that I've invested, I want to see that moving forward. And to me, the best question you can ask as an entrepreneur is, okay, I understand I'm too early, or this doesn't seem like a fit now. What are the specific metrics, KPIs, revenue that you would like to see to make you feel comfortable. And if I deliver those to you and then you come back with them, there's a really good chance that I'm going to go out and I'll, I'll participate in that round of funding. Now, the people that you need to be scared of are, oh, you're a little bit too early. Get me updated. Like, no, that's not a real thing. You know, get specific metrics and numbers that people care about. Because if it's just a, oh, come back and we'll talk another time, it might not be real.
1: Got it. Well, this is good. So where can people listening find out more about Catalyst.
0: Yes, so Twitter is a good source of information. We post events that we do, locations, engagements, so that's CV Catalyst on Twitter Um, and you can follow us there. Um, and that's the best way to get information about what our fund is up to, funding announcements, our portfolio companies, uh, interesting accelerator programs we partner with, opportunities throughout the ecosystem, um, and people can, um, you know, contact me there.
1: Perfect, thank you Kai, this was informative. Appreciate it. I appreciate your time.
0: Of course, good to do it.
1: Listening, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes so you can stay up to date on new episodes featuring more insiders. Have any questions? Leave us a comment on this episode at bccheatsheet.com. Or you can tweet us at thecued, that's T-H-E-C-U-E-E-D. Until next time, be great and it's a wrap.